Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hey, happy Friday to all of you. You know what? Tomorrow we have yet another new episode of television. While we're dropping old ones on YouTube, I don't know if you saw, but one of our all-time favorites, the Million Dollar Highway piece, just dropped on our main YouTube channel. And if you haven't seen it already, you need to go to YouTube right now and watch it because honestly, it's one of my all-time favorite pieces. It happens to star our cheap sports cars, but that has nothing to do with the new piece coming out tomorrow, which is 90s Heroes on television. That's right. We're thrilled we got all these cars. You wouldn't believe how hard it is Mm. to pull off a mostly stock, and we say mostly stock because completely stock is a non-ask. You, you can't ask. You can't say, hey, owners, who has a completely stock? And you just get these weird responses like, "Yeah, why would you keep your car stock? You know who has an all-stock fourth-gen Supra? Toyota. You know what they allow with it? Photographs. I asked Toyota. They have it in Texas at their headquarters. It's available. We just can't drive it. No Put one miles on makes it. the car move. Yeah. They so, roll it around for photos. Mm-hmm. Well, so therefore, we've got slightly, ever so slightly modified, mostly mm-hmm. stock Nissan 300ZX Twin Turbo, Very the cool. Toyota Supra Twin Turbo, and car. the Mazda RX-7 Twin Turbo. 90s superheroes. Yeah. Uh, we're, I'm so excited about this piece. Yeah. We happened to shoot it in that perfect like mid-Utah summertime I yeah. just, uh, it looks so good. The greens are green, the it's, blues are blue. It, yes, and yeah. all and, and two of the cars are bright red. It it looks really, really awesome. Very juicy. I'm sorry, that's the best word I can come up with. It's just, you're watching it just going, that's a summer I want to be in. Yeah. It, and it happens to be those cars, which is really cool. We were, we pulled it off. While you're listening to this, we are at the 2022 Nissan Frontier launch. We mm-hmm. have not been yet, of course. We're recording this in advance, but it is near us in Sundance, Utah. Yeah. We're thrilled that car manufacturers are bringing stuff to Utah mm-hmm. because there's so many great drivers roads all year long doesn't matter what the car is the vehicle so that is coming we will be uh recording a test drive of that yeah we and, will uh definitely taking photos of that in case you haven't heard nissan is replacing their entire lineup so this is the frontier which which last year <laughs> yeah. got a brand new engine in an old car so this yes. year the rest of the car is catching up with the engine it is yeah. like old wine in a new wine skin wow look at you thing. with the metaphors well done well, i like that that's you know, good that's very good we've tested the engine already but now the rest of the truck so we're excited for that we have a great couple of deba- debates for you we've got eric t wondering about replacing his alpha julia yeah. he knows how much we talk about that I car read this and with much curiosity yeah well he's got a lot to say about it so uh we've got that and we've also got andrew n with internal struggles mm. He is a certified financial planner, so he's writing to two guys who are not yes. and wondering about how much he should spend and what he should get. He also works in a high-crime area and wants a nondescript performance something enthusiast, yeah. and he's never spent more than $30,000 on a car in his there's life. A lot, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot to unpack in that one. That'll be, that's going to be fun. Summertime's here, and that means it is car wash season, and my friend Paul tells me I'm always supposed to wash a car in a cool, shady spot. I don't always do that well, but I do use the Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer, or actually I use the Boss Foam Cannon from Griot's Garage. You have to use this. It's awesome. If you're a person like me who's not good at this, it makes it far easier. You create a high foam blizzard right in your driveway with little to no work, which I really like. You avoid wash-induced scratches. It is the safest way to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. Griot's also has a full ceramic family of products, including Speed Shine, Wash & Coat, and 3-in-1 Wax. 
All Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Jumping into the debate with Eric, who has been listening to the podcast since about episode 350. Cool. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. He needs help replacing the Alpha Julia. He knows it's a favorite of both of us. Unfortunately, he's had one of those experiences you read in car owner forums. Now, this is the TI Sport in red. He says, you do as the Romans do. When you're buying an Italian car, you buy a red car. Buy which, the red thank Alpha. you. Thank you, by the way, Eric, for buying a red Alpha Julia. Yeah. That's phenomenal. He's had it just under two years, purchased the car when he lived in Houston, Texas, and was a mere two miles from a dealership. Okay. He was fortunate to have found a new job at the start of the pandemic, avoided being laid off, but it required moving to a sort of rural area, Mm -hmm. which means much less traffic and toll roads. And he's replaced all of his gridlock with nice, twisty rural state highways for his 25-minute daily commute. Okay. He says taking the Alpha out of the city really brings out the character of the car and you know, for half of his commute before reaching town, he's grinning like an idiot. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and he's he's actually loved having this car in this environment. He's loved the roads. He says every time he stops for gas, he gets into a conversation because he never sees another one in his area. However. He's now 250 miles from a dealership. 250 miles from No big dealer. deal. It's a new mm. car. He says it should only need an oil change once every 10,000 miles, right? Not here, he says. He's called every dealership in an hour radius, mm. about 25 dealers or import mechanics, and no one will touch the car, wow. including several sister FCA dealers, Stellantis dealers. That's that's crazy. He called the Stellantarians, he and they don't want to work the on their own stuff. And they said, beam your car elsewhere. That's exactly what they said. He says an oil change is now a full day's process because you know dealers aren't open on weekends so vacation days have to be taken to get the oil change to service the car yeah and he says that doesn't take into account the fact that his 20,000 mile maintenance is coming up and the dealer has told him that it is a multi-day process costing over $1,000 and they only have one good alpha tech for that car so they need the car for 2 to 3 days so now he has the debate am i going to take a vacation to Gosh. get a 20,000 mile service on this car spend 2 or 3 2 or 3 nights in a hotel Eight hours of driving or 16 hours of driving and convincing his fiance to drive him to pick him up. Oh, my gosh. So the more he learns about the complicated maintenance on this car, the more he wants to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Things like the cabin air filter replaced behind the center infotainment screen, running about $500 in labor to remove and disassemble the entire instrument panel to access it. (laughs) He says not being able to do any oil changes due to needing an FCA computer and the car not having an oil drain plug. Technology, what could possibly go wrong? I mean, I'm thinking, you're thinking electric car, aren't you, Eric? You're thinking just <laughs> That's get an interesting electric point. no just, moving parts. Just throw it out completely, right? yeah. I mean, the, the, big, the big thing here is the fact that I think one of the places this whole thing pivots for Eric is the fact that he bought the car when he was two miles from a dealership. Mm. And now he has the better part of a day's drive with a car that no one else will touch. There's some more going on here, but I think the real crux of the reason this car has to go is because of the fact that you're a day's drive from service. Mm -hmm. I have no Lotus dealer near me. 
No, the closest one is Vegas. However, right. we have a great mechanic who's like Lotus Elise. I'll do it. That's great. And they've done phenomenal work. Right. Think right. about how differently I would feel about my car, the Lotus that I love, if literally it was truck it to Vegas every time. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's, just take it to the Rolls-Royce dealer That's instead. the worst thing ever. However... I know what another, others of you were saying, and that is, what's the reliability of this car been? Interestingly, he's had it two years. I had to kind of unpack this because I felt like it read in the wrong order. Mm, okay. He's had it two years. The first nine months was a nightmare. Mm. It left him stranded five times. It was in the dealer five times. It left him stranded, stranded three times. They had a series of issues with the car not starting, with the car, you need to give it a rest, and you come back, and then this part won't reset. They did batteries, they did starters, they did all kinds of things, and they finally discovered that the wiring harness out of the factory had a pin that was too short and was only making occasional contact. This is the first nine months of owning the car. Now, since he's had that replaced, the cars run great, but he doesn't trust it. And now he lives a long way from a dealer. So the first ownership experience left him stranded with new car. Now he's nowhere near the dealer with a car that he's fearful of. That's why it has to go. By the way, to get to that wiring harness, it was a full engine and transmission out of the car <laughs> deep dive. Because it engine was the wiring out. harness. Well, it's an Italian car and it's red, so that means engine out, right? Oh my gosh. But chasing that little problem, that should be a technical service bulletin from FCA or Stellantis so they would know where to go. And if it is an engine out, fine. They're covering that for you to replace the wiring harness or fix the pin at least. That's unbelievable. But he says at this point, after nine now problem-free months, yeah. which is yeah. good to hear, mm-hmm. yeah. it's strictly on commuting and occasional grocery store duty, which is a pity. Mm-hmm. He loves driving it. And he says when it runs, it looks gorgeous. If it was a quadrifolio, he could convince himself of, you know, put up with the inconvenience. But he says the two liter isn't compelling enough to make mm-hmm. him use half his vacation time just for routine maintenance and the fear of being stranded. This is this is tragic oh. is what this is. This is tragic. I mean, I really feel like if you still live two miles from that dealer, I might feel differently about your situation. But this is this is a get rid of this car right now. And I love that car, but get rid of it right now. Wow. He has come to the conclusion that for his sanity, all of our sanity <laughs> and his enjoyment and all of our enjoyment, it's time yeah. to move on. Mm-hmm. He says it's been an experience. He can cross it off his list. And you are a true car enthusiast now. Absolutely, Eric, yes. Because you've owned an Alpha. He says the time has come to get out of it while he can. He's got no kids. His fiance drives a Ford Escape, which he loves. Mm. They've got two dogs, a wiener dog and a German Shepherd. <laughs> One dog weighs 10 times the other dog, by the way. Yeah. The wiener dog, seven pounds. The German Shepherd, 70. Yep. Wiener dogs are great. What you need to do is train the wiener dog to sit on the back of the German Shepherd when you take the German Shepherd for a walk, and then everybody gets walked. I've seen that done before. That's why I'm not just bringing that up. I've actually seen that done. Yeah. Oh, growing up, my buddy had a wiener dog, and he named him Heinz, and he always wrapped him in a blanket and sat on him in the couch. That's like, terrible, but funny. Yeah, okay. dog? His car history is varied so far. He says he's had a Volkswagen Jetta Manual, a supercharged Nissan Xterra, another Volkswagen Passat 4 Motion. Boy, you're all over the map. The Ram 1500 mm-hmm. from 2014, a 2017 WRX Manual, and now the 2019 Alpha Julia. I do love the variety there, though. That's awesome. You have had the experiences, mm-hmm. and he says he was leaning towards another truck, partly because the new Rams are so good and such great places to be. You're right. And it gives room for the dogs, and there's no de- denying the usefulness of a truck bed when you need it, and there's no denying the usefulness of a truck bed when everyone else needs it. Or, or uh, yes, or when you need to rent one. Mm-hmm. So problem solved, yes. But he says, I don't know if I want a truck to do truck things. Maybe a couple hardware store runs a year. 
Mm -hmm. can do that in cars, by the way. Oh, yeah, for sure. But he says, more importantly, his minister of finance proclaimed without provoking that they have the tool for the job already. Mm. 95% of this stuff they need at Home Depot can fit in her Ford Escape. And the dogs have only been in the Alpha once, so it's not a big deal to have that space, to not have that space available. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't change your life at all. But he's been looking at options. He needs help. The budget is healthy, 55K. That's good. That's You don't want to put ish after that, Don't put ish. Don't say 55,000 ish. because that only goes one direction, and that's up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He says lease or buy, preferably with a new warranty after his Alpha experience. I see that, Yes. He did a lot of drive homework when he decided on the Alpha. He nearly purchased a Stinger GT2. Mm. But he says, given his new commute, he would enjoy a manual. Okay. It's not necessary. He loved that transmission in the Alpha. Yes, it is very good. But he says, all-wheel drive is not a requirement. You know, he just, he wants to have something that runs. That's the biggest mm-hmm. takeaway. Reading between the lines. For sure. He yeah. really wants yeah, yeah. the fun. Mm-hmm. But he really, I think if you had the reliability and that trust, Back in your heart, in yeah. your car. Yeah, for sure. He is prepared to extend a business trip to test drive cars in a bigger market if necessary. You're dedicated. I, I love it. This is great. You. It's fantastic. So he's got a list of considerations. It does read like the everyday driver greatest hits car debate. The Ram 1500, he says that he crossed it off You know, other half-ton trucks due to price for features and styling. He's leaning towards the 3.0 Supra, but there's no manual, doesn't mm-hmm. have Android Auto, and he says that's kind of out. The G70, of course, you know we'd recommend that in the Stinger, but limited backseat and trunk space in the Genesis make it questionable. But he says he has no qualms with the Stinger besides the tremendous size and the Kia badge. Mm. I will say if size is an issue, fine, but throw aside that Kia badge thing. Yeah. It is excellent. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's, it's well worth it for sure. Civic Type R is on the list. He says it's the only car besides the Ram that is actually on dealer lots near him. Mm. He likes the styling. The <laughs> Minister of Finance does not. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, she, she said, what, what are you going to look like in the office parking lot? And he said, well, I am already known as the car guy, so yeah. I might get a pass. That ship has sailed around the world a few times. He says another WRX or STI because he loved it and he could have yeah, some yeah. fun with a car for mods. He's looking at the 86. He's not sure about the power figures, but I think if you are, you're probably looking at the new one. The I think at this point, it's probably worth more. jumping to the new one, yeah. And a wild card, he says, is a Mustang. He's never driven one. He's always been intrigued, but he says it's definitely not a unique choice around him. Hmm, interesting. Okay. And then finally, to me, he says, well, Paul, the M2 is just a little beyond what he'd feel comfortable with financially, and a 718 is close to being within budget, but he'd rather save that experience when he can do it right financially and go for GTS trim level and above. Okay, sure. All right. Yeah. Besides the Mustang... He's got no interest in any other American muscle unless it's a C8 Corvette, which is also outside the budget. So what is he missing? What are suggestions? Is he missing something from the Germans? Mm. And here, the last note he gives us is that his fiance has two years left of nursing school. So they're a single income family right now. And so from a cost perspective, he's just thinking Civic Type R or the 86 mm-hmm. yeah, for yeah. the next two years and then look at something later Go on, up high, you yeah. know actually spend the money. So I think you're talking, okay, your budget is 55, but yeah, what if you spent 30 and you Mm -hmm. got something for Mm -hmm. now and then kind of held off and then maybe the hotter cars might be available two years old new or used. Yeah, for sure. But he says, as understanding and supportive as his minister of finance is, she is adamant (laughs) she doesn't want him to settle on his next car. That's very cool. Good. Because she doesn't want him to regret not getting something more powerful or nicer. 
As long as the mortgage gets paid and the dogs are fed, she wants him to have a car he'll love. I love that. No mention of them getting fed in there. I'm assuming they are going to eat as well. But that's that's phenomenal. Does does your uh, fiance have the Minister of Finance shirt? Because she should. But that's yes. awesome. She's listening now. That's very cool that she's with us as well. Uh, this is really cool, Eric. I I am bummed by your alpha experience. Me too. And and I, I, I love what I like is the fact that you did get the car sorted, but your whole situation has set you up to a situation where I, I, you have to get out. You have mm-hmm. to get out of that car, which is too bad. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to make one exception to your rules, and then I'm going to talk about some of the other cars. But the first thing I want to say is you've said maybe a Mustang, which is this weird left turn in your listing. Mm-hmm. And you've said mm-hmm. no other American muscle cars. I'm going to take exception. I think you should look at a C7 Corvette. Mm. You can get C7s all day long for less than your budget. It has the V8 American fun that the Mustang offers. The Mustang is genuinely really good right now, okay? But the C7's better. You can get it in, in stick shift. It has the V8 grumble. It has all of the, if you're if you really, and I don't think that's you. Based on what you've told us, I don't think that's you to have an American muscle car at all. And also the C7 is kind of like a foot in the muscle car camp and a foot in the sports car camp. It, it straddles the line, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. So I think that the Mustang shouldn't be considered, but the C7 should. I think you'd be happier with a C7 Corvette, but that's not my choice for you. Hmm, that's That's good. I, yeah, I think you probably haven't considered the Corvette. Worth a drive. If you're on a business trip and you're intrigued at all, worth a drive. I can't help but agreeing with you, though. I do want you to have fun with what you're in. Yeah. And I I mean, getting a new experience is key here as well. Mm-hmm. But you have had some good experiences, and you're kind of whittling things down to know what you like. I feel like any 86 that's not the new one, you'll get tired of quickly because it's not fun roads all the time. You're doing still some just straight line kind of buzzing along. I love the Civic Type R for you. Mm-hmm. I love it mm-hmm. because of that suspension, not because of the manual, even though it's great, and yes, mm-hmm. manual, mm-hmm. but because of the suspension, it dramatically changes the car from comfort to sport. It's so good, and I think that would be, you've got to drive it. Can, you, can we help with the styling <laughs> discussion? Can we help just say, look, this will be a time in your life too. It's not the forever car. True, true, Enjoy true, yeah. it while it's out there. Be that boy racer, you know, get the comments and, you know, everybody's going to want you to drive them to lunch. So, Well, and I also okay. think if you're going to get that styling, lean into it, get a color. Just, just yeah, get, a, get color, a color. Just sure. lean in and be like, this is my car. I do, I do like that. I do, we mentioned already, I love the Kia Stinger for you. Throw the badge out, who cares? The Kia Stinger is great. Uh, I agree with you on the BRZ86, Paul. I think only if you go for the new one, I think you'd be disappointed in the current one. The WRX STI is intriguing here, except A, you've had one, mm-hmm. and B, uh, look, I think you'd enjoy it, but I think it would just feel like I've been here already, mm-hmm. and the Alpha feels like the the grown-up version of that. And mm-hmm. I wonder if the WRX would feel like a step backwards, even though they are solid. Of course, they have their own known head gasket and engine issues, especially if you go with the old STI motor that was around when the dinosaurs were actually roaming the earth and not just being burned in the gas tank. So uh, that needs to be updated. But I have a thought. A little bit of a wild card for Eric that I really like. Hmm. He liked his Alpha, still likes his Alpha, likes to drive it. He's used to a sedan about that size, mm-hmm. wishes he had a manual, wants it to run. And I also, it's not said here, but I also read this in, wants it to be worked on close to home. Just a car that okay. a guy can put right. up on a lift and do stuff. So learn to wrench, is that what you're saying? No. 
I think, with your, about 40 grand of your budget. So you got to 55. And you also are suggesting here that in a couple of years, you might just go full sports car, just spend some real money, and get a full sports car. So I'm going to see if I can duplicate that alpha experience, but simplify your problems mm. with a Chevy SS. Okay. Spend 40 to yeah. 45. If you get a manual Chevy SS, I think it will handle every bit as well as you've enjoyed the alpha. Now it's not as good looking. It's it's gonna people are gonna think it's a Malibu at the gas station, which might be good, but it's gonna handle right. every bit as good as that Alpha. Right. But you get the muscle car experience that you're considering with that Mustang and the big V8 under the hood. So you'll like that. It is available in a manual, so you'll like that. It's not gonna lose much value because those cars are a little bit moment in time cars. So in a couple of years when you unload it, you'll probably get most of your money out of it. And it's a Chevy. You can take yeah. it to anyone. While yeah. we're look, we're not. This is why it's a wild card for you, Eric. It's not new, and you're you're leaning into new. You're kind of going, "What should I get new?" But I want you to get something that's just simple to work on. Mm. To take to that guy down the street can work on your Chevy. Of course he can. It's a big Chevy V8. Just yeah, but yeah, I'll I'll have it done by I lunch. Mean, it's not like old, you know, Chevys of old and no, you know, it's a modern car. Of course it is modern. Of course it is. But but, but you're right. You're anybody right. can work on your Chevy SS. Yeah. Yep. It, they may not have seen one before, but they're going to put it up on a lift and be like, yeah, uh-huh, have it done by lunch. Sure. Uh, sure. Like the Alpha, they're like, what's going on here? So I think the Chevy SS is something you can buy used that will be reliable, that will be as fun as your Alpha, adds the manual transmission, gives you a couple years worth of continuing to have a really good commuting sedan that's fun on a back road. I'm stopping there. Really? That's it? That's all you're... I, I think, while it's a wild card, I think that is the best choice for Eric is Chevy SS. I mean... I. I've got two for you, and one is the reliability choice, and one is the not reliability choice, but it's not that it's <laughs> not. It's just a little bit scary. Well, the dealership thing is really sticking with me, mm. and I want you to have something reliable, but something that, yeah, it's just oil changes, but still going to be fun. And mm-hmm. the Honda Civic Type R is so good. It's very good. It's that is your requirement. It's front wheel drive, manual transmission. That is the one. I personally, it would I think, be very fun. Yes. I really like that for you. Plus, it's going to be pretty decent on gas. Mm-hmm. But there's this other car that has been introduced. It's the 2021 Hyundai Sonata N line. Oh, okay. This has a 290 horsepower turbo four with 311 pound feet of torque. That mm-hmm. is more than the Civic Type R. It's less on horsepower, but more torque yeah, out of an yeah. inline four. It also doesn't come with a manual, but it does have an eight-speed dual clutch. Fair. And that dual clutch from them is pretty good. It's excellent. Yeah. Starts at just over 33. It's new, comes mm-hmm. with a warranty. And from a reliability standpoint, that thing is just going to run. I think it'll be pretty good. That'll yeah. just be oil changes. And oil changes can be done by... Pretty much anybody, anywhere. As long as there's a drain plug, which the Alpha didn't have. Exactly. Yeah. So this is more, a little bit more traditional as far as, I just need a reliable sedan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like much. I mean, to some people, I think they're great. Now, I will say the sketches look better than the execution. <laughs> styling is in the eye of the beholder. But yeah. if we're talking weird styling, if we're already talking about the Civic Type if R. If the Civic Type R is on the table, you're right. Everything's come, on the table. Come on. You're absolutely the right. The Sonata yeah. has got to be up there. And the inline is impressive every time we're in that. We just had the Limited, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And that has 180 horsepower. It is down on torque to 195 pound-feet of torque. That car still just moves. It was pretty impressive, yeah. I liked being in it. I liked how it drove. Mm-hmm. It's not the performance car of the world. No. 
but I didn't expect it to be. Sure. There's plenty of space in the back. It's the seats fold down. You can get bikes in there. It's so useful. And it's just sedan. Now imagine the N line with 290 horsepower. It's like mm-hmm. the civic type R kind of equivalent. It's just, you know, the dual clutch instead of the manual. It does have the sport, the comfort modes. I don't know that it does the same amount of adaptive suspension that the Civic Type R does, but that's got to be a consideration. That's mm, just interesting. You're I see reliable, you run, powerful, great, fun to drive. It's just enjoyable. It's mm-hmm. just a modern car. But if you're going to get a sedan that is, I'll see the problem is I, he, I hesitate to suggest it just because of the <laughs> distance for dealerships. Okay. That is a consideration. Mm-hmm. And it's the Mercedes CLA 43, or you could go A45, like mm-hmm. a little bit smaller, but... I mean, come on, just the amount of tech, power, it's, you know, in your budget. It would be awesome. They're just awesome to drive. It's just you're going to run into the same kinds of issues. The dealership is forever and a day. I assume so. I assume he's not around the corner from the Mercedes dealer either. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love your Chevy, you know, kind of thinking, but a Honda or a Hyundai can just have the oil change. Of course. They're just going to run. Agreed. They'll be fine. And you can beat on those cars too. Mm -hmm, For sure. I mean, we kind of do every time we drive them, (laughs) but you know, we got to know. Yep. So uh, those are my choices for you. And we wish you all success with letting the alpha go. I think Mm -hmm. you've already left it in your mind. Yeah. yeah. And uh, moving on to something that's next. But only you can really decide. Do you want that more, you know, American muscle kind of feel? Do you want Mm -hmm. more high strung Japanese or Korean kind of feel? Yeah. Take some extended vacation time, test drive stuff, and then. Once you've got those cars, I think you'll be good. I agree. Much rather, Eric, that you were taking vacation time to drive your next car than vacation Mm -hmm. time to service your current one. (laughs) Yes, agree to that. DriveShare is the coolest online car sharing platform around. It's simple. By connecting car owners with renters, DriveShare unlocks the joy of driving. That way, renters can find cars that bring out the awesome at every moment, and owners can earn extra cash to fund their passion. That's why I posted my car. To sign up, cruise over to driveshare.com or download their app for iOS or Android. That's driveshare.com. Andrew is writing, and he starts with a bit of a bone to pick because he is a financial planner. (laughs) And so he he says, uh, why on earth do we, he said he's listening to the podcast through for the second time. Uh, I am astonished, Andrew. Thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it that much. He thoroughly enjoys the podcast, but he he kind of stops cold <laughs> anytime you and I are talking to a college student and talking about a WRX or a Porsche 944 or an old BMW. And he says, why on earth aren't we recommending Civics and Corollas? Because every college student on the planet knows about old Civics and Corollas. And <laughs> yeah, I'll go you one further. Most insurance companies know that college students know about Civics. Most people, this is crazy, many people that are under 25 that have gone to insure a Civic have found it to be more expensive than some sports cars. Because it's true. young, broke college students buy old Civics and promptly wreck them. It's true. But it anyway. depends on your area and your zip code and all Yes. That. And so, of course, yes. when people are writing to us, they aren't writing for a Civic or a Corolla. They want something like a WRX or a 944 or BMW. We're not saying this is smart I buying. Mean, I, we are yeah. saying this is fun buying. But uh, Andrew is also torn. Andrew, I definitely hear you when you say this is not a wise financial choice <laughs> That's not to recommend those here. kinds of things to college students. <laughs> we're not good at that part. I do get that. But buying a car is not a wise financial mm-hmm. choice. Mm-hmm. Any car. It just isn't. It doesn't compute. You, <laughs> you can't make you the math it. compute. You can't just say, well, this is, this is a good investment. They're not. Yeah. But if we're going to get a car, we want to have something related to fun, something out of there that you can is see fun, fun to have or cool to look at or, wow, you've got one of those. Yeah, they were good for its time. They're terrible now, but man, cool, you've got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> at least you have it and I don't. 
Well, Andrew currently has a 2019 Mazda 3 all-wheel drive mm-hmm. as his daily and an 06 Mini Cooper S convertible as the fun car. Okay. He's always preferred to drive small cars that handle well. He doesn't see value in high-power cars when we, the collective we, seldom, if ever, have an opportunity to take advantage of the power with mm. the speed limits and traffic on the East Coast of the U.S. He says a car with 400 horsepower requires constant attention to avoid pushing it too hard and ending up in a ditch. A car with 150 horsepower on the same road, he says, requires to, you to push it to get the same results. Mm. A lower power car also involves more frequent gear changes. Yes, and that's very fun. Might as well have an automatic, he says. If you have so much power, you seldom need to change gears, in his opinion. That's not the debate. That's really no, he's just No, he's just got some things to say. I like it. That's good stuff. Yes. Now, the current Mazda 3 replaced a prior generation Mazda 3, which replaced a first generation Mazda 6 and two other <laughs> Mazdas before that. So you like Mazdas. Guess yeah. what he likes. That's very good, yeah. He prefers it. He prefers the handling. He's frustrated they made it softer, quieter, and tamer around the curves. Mm, the new Mazda 3. Because you yeah. don't have the turbo. You have mm-hmm. Mazda 3 all-wheel drive. You had a prior Mazda 3, and you're just like, I'm sorry, but the solid rear end now was not an improvement, from your opinion. And I totally see right. why you're there. Absolutely. Andrew's daily commute is 40 miles, takes an hour each way for a total of just under 30,000 miles a year. Mm. In both coming and going, he often leaves the highway to take the rural twisting roads without traffic. He's happy to add an extra 30 minutes to the commute, but he says he takes detours far more often in the old Mazda 3 than he does in the current one. That's interesting. Okay. He loves his Mini for the go-kart dynamics, he says. Believe it or not, it's reliability. Okay. What? Mine was reliable? Well, it's because the I prior owner one. disassembled the supercharger during Christmas vacation and yes. watched you know, Amazon movies while he scrubbed the supercharger. I, I think there were toothbrushes involved. It yeah. was very clean. Yes. With each part. Mm-hmm. Well, Andrew bought his Mini because he didn't have enough headroom in the Miata, which was his first choice. Okay. But he says, highway and city driving is no fun in the Mini. But he also says, interestingly enough, he said, but when he drove the uh, when he drove the Miata, which didn't have enough headroom, he forgot about the headroom problem until he parked it again. Mm. Thought that was very mm-hmm. interesting. He was like, I only realized how terrible the headroom was when I stopped it, turned the engine off, and I was like, I'm crowded. <laughs> when he drove it, he was like, What? What's the problem? This is great. Right. I love it. Which We're is interesting that you just got kind of caught up in it. I love that. Other cars in his family's fleet are his wife's third or fourth Subaru Forester. He lost count because they all drive like trucks to him. He doesn't even know which generation she has and how long wow. she's had it. And trucks everywhere <laughs> insulted. I love it. That's great. He's got an old Mazda 3 that his son drives and her old Forester that their daughter drives. He's considered trading the Mazda in on a new Mazda 3 Turbo. Wow, that's a surprise. You're going to say, trade your Mazda 3 for a Mazda 3? Or a 2018 wow. Mazda 3. Ooh, okay. Other than the Mini, the only other used car he's owned was his first car after high school. So he doesn't like used cars. That's very interesting. He's considered the Miata, the Super 2.0, or the new 86 when it comes out, the Mm -hmm. BRZ specifically. But he suspects he wouldn't like the Supra due to limited visibility and a lack of manual transmission. I want to make a quick comment on that. Whenever you buy a new car, you can't bring the old things you love about your prior car Mm. to the new one and say the new one's worse because the old car did this, this, and this. Well, it's a different car. It's a different experience. Okay. There might point. be other aspects of the new one that you you know you bought it because the old one didn't do those, but you can't bring the sure, well sure. the C pillar you know that blocks my view in this direction. The old one was just fine. You can't do that because you're buying a totally different car and you bought it because you want that different experience. So mm. bringing the old requirements, I'm talking about the little I see things, where you are. yeah, the little yeah. nitpicky like well that d- drawer didn't open as far as in my old one. You can't do that. You're buying a different car. It's a different <laughs> yeah. engineer, different platform. 
and you bought it for this new experience mm, because mm. I guarantee you, you'll say, this one's awesome to drive. I love doing it. It's mm-hmm. fantastic on a whatever road. My old one didn't do that. That's why you bought it. What else does he have? 2022 Genesis G70, an Alfa Romeo Giulia. Hopefully you listened to the prior debate. If he lives close enough to an Alfa dealer, it's clearly no problem. It really isn't. Yeah. And by the way, go after that uh, that pin in the engine wiring harness. Make sure your wiring harness was done correctly, yeah. Stuff a piece of foil in there and make the connection. <laughs> That's how we fix alphas, isn't it? That's how you always fix alphas. Foil and, and toothbrushes, yeah. He's looking at the BMW M240. He says, well, he's not driven the G70 or the Julie. He, spe- he suspects they'll be too big for him. And the M240i is a contender, but he's worried about the beaver teeth on that. The good news is BMW has released images of mm-hmm. the next car at this point. We're safe. Well... They didn't. Well, okay. It it doesn't have beaver teeth, but I'm not sure it's attractive. I'm waiting to see it in person. I agree. I agree. That, I think there's elements is, about it that are cool. It is still lingering. I do agree with that. Two inches longer. The proportions are different. It's pretty cool, I think. But he says, in addition to excellent handling, small size, he values visibility from the driver's seat. Mm. It's no fun driving if you can't see where you are on the road. Unless you're in the right type of car where rear rear view visibility is like missing the point. If you're looking behind you, <laughs> that's all of that's in what your you, past. That is all in your of that's past. behind the cars you. go backwards when yep. you're in this car. Now he says he doesn't want a vehicle that breaks down often or needs constant attention. Well, I guess none of us do, but I, I guess. Some but of I understand. Us do. He, he, this is the reason he's bought a string of Mazda products because mm-hmm. clearly they've run for you. And the reason your wife has bought a string of Foresters because the, clearly they both just run. It's like. Third or fourth. Third or fourth or What generation 12th. is it on? It's a Forester, whatever. This is also an email, kind of relates to the last one. He says, there's no dealerships of any kind within 15 miles of his house. Mm. So his local mechanic will need to be able to maintain whatever he drives. I see that. Okay. If he's down to one car, he can't be without a car while it's in the shop. Try mm. being on vacation while you get an oil change. Yeah, that's all bad. The budget is flexible. Zero is the optimal budget. That means you're not getting a car. <laughs> well, but hang on. The this this is absolutely the crisis that is going on in Andrew because he's a financial <laughs> yeah. advisor, and the the budget is flexible. Is the car guy talking? Right. Zero is optimal. Is the financial analyst it, talking? You're, you're absolutely you are right. a man torn down the middle. I hope that doesn't keep you up at night. I genuinely do because <laughs> if you wake up in a cold sweat and the two sides of your brain are fighting over this, that's. Mm-hmm. We haven't done it right somehow. But he does say buying a Cayman would require working two extra years before retirement. He's done the math. And he says the price would also likely double. Well, maybe. But no, says, no, no, no. It's doubled because of all the repercussions of baby, I bought a Porsche. Now she wants countertops and carpet and painting because he can't make an excuse for we can't do that stuff if he just put a brand new Porsche oh, in the well, garage. Oh, well, yeah. See, it's the, <laughs> That's why it's double. It's the kitchen budget. <laughs> the Cayman is one cost, mm-hmm. but the cost to him is going to be twice a Cayman because we need to do these things to the house. Yes, but then you'll have a beautiful new kitchen and a Cayman. I don't <laughs> see a problem. <laughs> that is true. How many years is problem? that extra before retirement? Yeah. Oh, well, it's worth it, I think. But the most significant factor that I think, he says, is the neighborhood where he works. Mm. The crime rate would rank fairly high on the list if it were compared by itself to third world nations with the highest violent crime rates. You don't tell us where, but dang. What? Okay. A nondescript vehicle would be best. Okay. As he said at the top of his email, the smart decision is to just keep the two cars he currently has for the next five years and see what the next generation of a Mazda 3 brings. He could also trade in the Mini. Mm-hmm. What do we recommend? 
Wow. Andrew, you are a man torn in two. That's the thing that really comes through in yeah. this email. It's just such, such, a, such a struggle here. One of the things I think is funny is Andrew has only bought one used car, and that was in college. That's you amazing. are a financial planner, and you only buy new cars. Wait, you're right. This is notable. This is another thing where he is a man torn in two. This is a milestone because everybody thinks the used car is the better choice. The market has been completely upended. Well, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking if you're just trying to make fin- sound financial decisions that save you money, you buy used Right, but that's been the conventional thinking. Mm-hmm. But sometimes getting that peace of mind for a warranty mm-hmm. is worth the buying the new car. You start at yep. zero with the maintenance records, and you're true. the one that true, knows true. everything about that car. So, yes, market aside, but just that peace of mind. And but it, this is a big deal to him. For sure, for sure. But, Andrew, I am going to say you could buy used again. You could actually save money by smart Theoretically. Buy used. Theoretically. Yes. yes. Right now, things are a little weird, but you could theoretically do that. Um, I have I have a couple of thoughts for you, and that is, first off, look at used options just in general. But I do have a new one for you that I don't think you're going to see coming mm. because I really kind of broke down what you did. And I'm going to go with one car here, mm. and it, it's going to seem simultaneously like an obvious, but then you might be surprised by how I think you should do it. Okay? You want something fun. You want something small. You want something economical. You'd like something, if you could, new that'll be reliable. We've got a lot of things working against us already. You'd like to keep the budget as low as possible. Don't I forget, still don't think, break into my car. Looks. Yes, I still think buying used something would be a good idea. But I think what you could do, because you really wanted a Miata. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the Miata, first off, soft top, how's that going to be where you park it for work? Mm-hmm. A bit problematic. Mm-hmm. And also, not enough headroom. Yeah. You'd like better visibility. Convertibles can be difficult for that. So I'm going to go with an 86, but I'm not going to say the new one. Go get a killer deal on the current 86. Yeah. They're, everybody's waiting on the new ones to show up, which means it's time to negotiate an unbelievable deal on a current 86. You'll have headroom, manual transmission, low power, which is what you've asked for. You said you want power you have to ring out of a car. Current 86. Hmm. I think good shifting, lots of fun. And I'm also going to say something I don't normally say. This is going to hurt, but I'm going to say it anyway. Buy something monochromatic. What? Get a silver. What? Get a silver 86. Get a black 86. First off, it's also the other problem that you're you're creating by buying a new car is if it's like new and like nobody's seen it in the neighborhood, doesn't that make it more of a target? Sometimes. It depends on the neighborhood and the way Eh, the crime does. Depends on the car. Sometimes the new ones are things they avoid because there's nothing they can do. If they steal a new one, okay, yeah. there's not a market for it. But I'm thinking the last year of the current 86 is still an excellent car. Buy it in a nondescript color. I can't believe I said it, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> it isn't a car. It takes a high crime area for you to recommend a nondescript color. <laughs> you better believe it. That is the only way we found. Uh, so yeah, but there that, are exceptions to every rule. There are exceptions to every rule. <laughs> that's the one. I, I mean, I would say buy yellow, <laughs> but that's anyway. This is me. Not so, yellow anyway, in that neighborhood, but. So buy just a, a normal color, and it is a car that by this point everybody's seen. So it's not a huge, oh, I've never seen one of those before. It's not a standout for that reason. Mm. It mm. also isn't an overly expensive, flashy car in spite of the fact that it has a coupe shape. I think it's the Miata you should buy because you want a Miata, and, you, and there's reasons the Miata doesn't work for you. I am just saying go get yourself one of the last 86s on the lot, get a killer deal while everyone else waits for the new one. Mm. Is that your only recommendation? That's I'm it? staying right there. Mm. <laughs> now Paul is stuck. Mm. 
Many things to say. Andrew is so torn. That's the thing I love about this email. He's just, get a car. Don't get a car. Get a car. Don't get a car. The next car you get, can we not buy Mazda? Can we just mm-hmm. not buy a Mazda? Or a Subaru Forester. Or Those Forester. are right out. Whatever generation. Any generation. Not because they haven't worked for you, but because we desperately must do something different. I'm going to do my best to solve your mm, high crime rate break-ins. You don't say if there's car break-ins, but what happens to cars that are just covered in a gray car cover? Mm. Is that just, you don't see any color. You, they're just kind of parked off to Does the side. Does that say look at me more or not? That's I can't a good tell. Question. I yeah, can't I decide. Yeah. I would like to think it means whatever. It's just a car under a cover. It's just a nondescript shape. It's gray because any color, you're right, will attract attention. doesn't matter if it's an old Mitsubishi Mirage and you know, this lemon yellow. I like color, but that's also the but downside of this scenario. Yeah. So I'm wondering if a car cover might be a worthy investment for whatever car that you get. Covercraft will let you pick colors. What's the one you want? Well, yes, but I'm saying get the cover in gray. I understand. Get or black. The, because <laughs> that would free you up to get a car color. Fair, theoretically, Because yes. it's covered at all points. I wonder if it's, there's the guy that covers his car every day. I wonder if that happens. The Maybe. car's yellow, which is what I want you to get. Anyway, going on. Maybe. Sorry. I, mm. Nevertheless. It's an unknown for sure. I'm picking the car that was the competitor to that particular episode you're referencing. That is the Veloster N. Oh, we compared the 86 to the Veloster N as two cars, genuinely $30,000 and under with Mm -hmm. two completely different drivetrains and different driving experiences. I do like the 86 for the rear wheel drive experience. Mm -hmm. I do like that because he has had front wheel drive cars forever. Yes. And and he really, it's amazing. The paragraphs he has on the Miata in here really stuck out to me because he was just so struck by how much he loved to drive it. And then he walked away. Yeah. I mean, a beat-up Miata? What if you did like a art car Miata, but it was more like derelict? It was the, <laughs> the derelict the car. garbage The one Miata. that looks like it's rusted, but it's just painted like it's rusted. It's painted. Nobody wants that the car. The wrap. It's now there a you wrap. Go. The it's wrap. the rust wrap. What, what is your wife and your coworkers going to say about the rust-wrapped Miata? Mm. I like this more than I should, but I this think it's amazing. This is interesting because then you could get a brand new one mm-hmm. and wrap it so it's just trashy and... Oh, the oh, financial advisor is now paying to get a rust wrap created. I really like this. That's this is one of my all-time favorites now. I like the Veloster N for the driving experience as well. It's completely different than the 86. I think it would be very nondescript if you get it in a gray or a black. You can get it in black. It does have the little red accents, but it's not It's not really a look-at-me car in black. It is in that great blue. And of course in the blue, the blue and that red is, yeah, you know. True, yes, yes. Look over here. Look up here <laughs> in that movie. So I, I'm look, leaning towards the Veloster N, and again, because you like those dynamics, mm-hmm. and I, I can guarantee that you'll like the Veloster N. It's crazy fun. I can yeah. sign that guarantee right there because you'll love it. The turbo is great. You did mention... Wanting something that is good for freeway use. The big problem with the 86 and the Veloster N is they're not really freeway cars. They're they not freeway be. hangout cars. They are back road cars, yes. And that's for both of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have to decide. But it is very small and lightweight. And it's unique. And I love it because of the, the three doors and the uniqueness mm-hmm. of the car and you know the sound. And when you want to get after it, you will think that you spent more. The driving experience will say you spent more on yeah, this. I agree. Because it's so powerful and it drives so well and it's it's so eager that hmm, 
I'm, I'm going with Veloster N, and I don't like any of my other choices that included a lot of other good Japanese cars and Korean cars, too. Mm. Because anything else that we go into as far as the Germans, nope, that's out. Because I don't want you to have one day where you forget to cover your car up. And, oh, that expensive Audi over there. Oh, let's get mm-hmm. that. You know, I, I yeah. don't want that. And you said 15 miles radius from your nearest dealership. So, again, a Japanese or a Korean car, they're just pretty straightforward to work yeah, on. And yeah. they'll just run. They're easy to do oil changes. Same kind of thing. So, I'm going Veloster N as the counterpoint, the counterfoil mm, here. I like that. I didn't expect that. But it's... Uh, it's very similar to the driving experience you've already had. So you're going to have to drive both and decide many great questions as always. Thank you guys for that. The misanthrope wrote in on Instagram and said, given the craziness right now of new and used cars, I love this question. Should anyone actually buy a car right now? I mean, he's like, I understand that some people have to, but he's like, should anybody actually? For every buy debate, it? our answer should be no. Exactly, no. Just, just leave what you have. Just, just leave it alone. Hang so, tight. By the way, his name is also the misanthrope, which I like. He says, "Isn't a thirty thousand dollar car right now really a twenty five thousand dollar car that's been marked up? And in a year, when prices hopefully recover, I've lost my shirt." Um. Uh, this look, this is hard. We keep predicting <laughs> on this, and I I truly believe that they're going to come down. A lot of automakers are talking about the chip shortages and all of the stuff. The supply line stuff is is catching up, and they expect within six months to a year they'll be back to normal. And at that point, supply and demand suggest the prices will go down and the markups will go down. I also think that used cars are going to come down some as well. I think they they will probably not return to where they were, but I truly believe they're going to come down. We'll see. Check in with us in a year. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Maybe I'm <laughs> incredibly wrong. I'm sure you'll check in. That's fine. Please do. But I think the used cars are going to come down. I think what's not going to happen, though, is I think the specialty used cars are not coming down. The, the really unique, pristine versions of the old fill-in-the-blank is going to stay up. I think the more normal used cars are going to recover. Okay, so those new cars that are they're the special versions of them. No, no, no. I think the, the new cars. I think the new cars are going to come down in general. I think used cars. I'll, I'll give you go to specific. The fourth gen super is not coming back down. You're talking auction cars. I'm talking cars that are used that are like the. Oh, you remember those cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those specialty ones are not coming down. They've right. gone up. They're going to stay up. I don't think they're going to recover much. I think your average used car. I'd like to buy an old used Civic. Why is that more expensive than it was a year ago? That's going to come back down because the new cars are going to start coming back out. If you can wait, this is a seller's market big time for cars, which mm-hmm. means if you have a car you'd like to sell, please sell your car now. But that only means you can sell it, but you don't have to buy. We've had a few car debates that have come through here where people are like, I'm thinking about selling my car. And then the second half of the question isn't covered. You sold your only car. <laughs> right. You now got to buy a car. <laughs> you got to buy And they're car. all expensive. <laughs> so if you could sell now, sell now. If you can wait, I think wait. Bob McCormick says, what road would we most like to use on a shoot? We were Hmm. just discussing roads. And I have one, thanks to my brother-in-law, Daniel, who sent me a photo of a road that is in Lysaboten. I'm probably mispronounced that. It's in Norway. And the Faroe Islands in Norway. Well, it's just to the northeast. They're between Norway and Iceland. But the Faroe Islands have intrigued me. It's almost like every road going in any direction into the wilderness is unbelievably spectacular mm, mm. and that is intriguing to me because yeah. of scenery and weather and just this different look to it and also the different light mm-hmm. for that part of the world it's just a completely different light yep what's uh, been interesting about you know coming from tech and using software to light cars visualization software uh 3ds max is a good example of 
taking the azimuth of the time of year mm. and the calendar to be able to calculate the light, the sun's light rays wow. to light your object. And so you can go back to, you know, the seventies or the eighties or whatever, and it'll calculate where the sun was in the sky there mm. to light your car. And so it just has a completely different look. Just, just like California light just looks different on camera. Than it does. It does. When we shoot Utah here light. or we shoot Colorado or we shoot uh, California, especially when we shoot here and then we go down in latitudes down to LA, the light changes mm-hmm. three o'clock in the afternoon. Those two latitudes looks different. It which really is crazy. Is, it's very interesting. It's interesting. So I, I just thought, yeah, not only the road, but just that location of the mm. world really intriguing to me. So it's in Norway and I've, I've mispronounced it, but I'm going with Faroe Islands. That's not bad. I can think of uh, two. I would love to do uh, the Alcan Highway, except that it's quite long. So there's that it's problem. It's far. It's, it's, it it's driving across the continent, far. but just going north now. So that, yes. that intrigues the heck out of me. Also, there is that, I forget what it's called, but there's a, a loop. It's like a three or 500 mile loop that the, uh, the tourism board created in Scotland that essentially follows the upper Scottish coast. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I think it's like between three and 500 miles. It's a long loop, but they made like a greatest hits loop of the upper part of Scotland. I've never been to Scotland. I've never driven Scotland. I would love to do that. That would be awesome. Uh, Dan Prawl on Facebook asked a question I did not expect. <clears throat> he says, do we not like Mexican food in general, or is it just that we don't like the Volkswagen tacos? <laughs> I'm going to ask the question as if you asked a legitimate question. You're I have right. no problem with Mexican food. The problem that I have with Mexican food is the fact that my wife is a Mexican food snob. She's a Texas girl. Oh, right. Uh, Texans like their Tex-Mex a specific way. Uh, Mexican food is not my food of choice. But if we're going to do Mexican food, it's because my wife picked it, and she has picked the places that are approvable. And if you don't make the list, we are never darkening yeah. your door again. I forgot about Mexican that. Mexican food's got to be done a certain way to pass her I her love tests. Mexican food. I love guacamole. I'll mow down an entire bowl of guacamole and chips. <laughs> That'll be dinner. Yeah. Love That's it. the problem. You do that, and dinner hasn't come yet. And then bring on whatever else. I, yeah. I love it. But yes, I haven't ranted about the Taos. I think maybe that's what yeah, you mean. Yeah, that's what he meant. Yeah. There's no but he's having fun with updated it, yeah. rant. So uh, let's see. What can I think of to slag on about the Taos? <laughs> so it's okay. We know you're not a fan. Done the cheapness of the doors, the stupid neoprene, how it mm. drives, the overall shape. They're not sending it's us one expensive. of those again. Ah, not a fan. Grr. What else? Uh, oh, on Twitter, Ted Theologan asks me if there's any news on us getting behind the wheel of a Maserati MC20 anytime soon. Mm. Not anytime soon. I don't see that coming. I know they're in production right now. They are being built, and we hope to uh, convince our Stellantarian friends to let mm-hmm. us have one. But oh. I am intrigued by that car, and I think it will be an interesting alt because of that supercar nature and mid-engine, mm-hmm. mid-engine dynamics that we love. And that engine is intriguing to me. Plus, mm-hmm. this is a new chassis. So I hope they have not you know, done any short pin wiring harnesses like Alpha does. But. <laughs> I think that was just that so, car. Probably. But anyway, uh, Steve Med 184 on, uh, on Instagram says, we often describe, it works right off the MC20 discussion, we, we often describe the rotational dynamics of a car, a car having rotation in a certain way. He said, I'm confused. What do we mean by that? What best describes rotation? This is, look, rotation is different than turn in. Turn in is I turned the wheel, mm-hmm. and what did the front wheels of the car do to try to change the attitude of the car? You can have a car that has really good turn in and really bad rotation. Mm-hmm. Not common, mm-hmm. but it's possible. The wheels turn just fine, but the body of the car doesn't want to follow. It doesn't want to rotate. Now, this is, in its extreme form, this is what understeer is. I turned the wheel a lot, and the car didn't turn much. 
I am understeering, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When a car rotates really well, it's one of the reasons we like mid-engine cars is because the point that you feel in a car, if you drive a school bus or a Miata or a Cayman, all three of them are going, or, or an SUV, pick your SUV, all three of them are going to rotate differently. I'm not talking about turn-in. I'm talking about when you feel it spin. Mm-hmm. As at, how is it entering the corner? How is it changing direction? And the if you think about it this way, the steering wheel is the rudder. The whole yeah. rest of the ship has to follow still. Yeah. Okay. So that's the, what we're talking about rotation. And when you get a really well set up car, it feels like, and this is a cliche, but it is the best description. It feels like the car is sitting on the top of a pin and it's just waiting for you to move the balance one way or another. It is perfectly balanced on the center of its mass. And that's the whole thing they brag with the Miata with a driver's 50-50 weight distribution. Mm-hmm. It should rotate really, really wonderfully well. If you drive a, uh, a, a cab over truck where all of the weight is on the front axle, it's going to rotate a little bit differently yeah, where true. the weight is. Or a 911 where the weight's out back. All of these rotate differently. That's what we're talking about is how the car spins on its axis. Yes. Ray Arping asks a question about the Cayenne. Is the 958 generation a well-rounded generation to buy? That 958 is just simply Porsche internal speak for the generation. It is from 2011 to 2018. The .1 ended at 2014 and the .2 started at 2015. But he says, besides interior and exterior styling, is there any mechanical difference between the .1 and 2? Yes, actually, it's very dramatic. And that is the V8 for the S and the GTS went away. Mm-hmm. It was Starting in 2015, the S and GTS got that 3.6, 3.6 liter V6 turboed within an inch of its life, but it Quite got better fast. fuel economy. Yes, and they are brilliant to drive. And there's a nice refining of the interior for the point twos. I mean, generally, what's happening with Porsche is their point two. The second half of any generation is almost always better than the point ones. Generally speaking, but in the Cayenne, yes. there's some really nice interior refreshment throughout. Yeah, there's that and. Of course, a little bit of styling trim. There's probably a few mechanical improvements here and there. I'm sure Porsche made that are, you know, they they don't announce it. They just you know maintain and and make it better a little bit. But also that underbelly tray is now plastic. So I believe it went from aluminum to plastic. I think that's the direction it went. So the the major mechanical differences are the engine options. Mm. But good news, everybody. For the brand new Cayenne, they've brought the V8 in the GTS back. Dun, dun, dun. And on startup, they leave the baffles open, so it's just... (laughs) 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 That's very good. CutlerCollin99 has uh, this thing. I'm going to try to not make this too long, but he says, Do I have a film car I dream of to shoot the show? Like a way to shoot the show, like a car to use as the production Oh, the camera camera car? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kind of. We have had a weird discussion here that I'm actually going to share publicly now <laughs> because you've seen you've seen the big blacked out Cayennes or Mercedes SUVs with the huge arm on it and the big yeah, mechanized yeah. camera on the end. And trust me, those are very cool. We do 90 plus percent of what the camera car gets without any of that rig. And I'm not going to go into the details, but it's amazing. There are five guys in that SUV to get those shots. We don't do it that way. Yeah, anyway. That's still astounding to me. What what makes me laugh is something we stumbled into that we have we have halfway considered. I don't know if we'll ever do it, but we're in Utah. There are a lot of large families here. Mm-hmm. Large families typically have minivans. Oh, I know where you're going. Oh, my gosh. And they drive those minivans into the ground. I forgot about this. And they wind up on Craigslist. <laughs> and I stumbled upon them one night because I was actually looking for super cheap cars in the area just because one of the things that I do because I'm me. And I found <laughs> a lot of old minivans like... 
quarter million mile minivans, like 230,000, 250,000. Like nasty old caravans. But they were like 1,200 bucks. <laughs> and their entire life has been lived as a as the primary car for a large family, which means they were maintained and they've been True. driven since new True. to 200 plus thousand miles. There's just goo all over the interior and stains, but and we don't care and anymore because true. what we do is we, we would do theoretically now is pull the seats, paint it black. We could rattle can it black at a thousand dollars and then we could hard mount gear in it versus what we normally do, which is we have an SUV on loan or we use your expedition or we use yeah. my Cayenne and we, we rig as necessary, which we can do very well. And we can, the great thing about that is we can drop in, to any city in the world and get all of our shots. True, true. But there's a part of me that wants to have an unbelievably cheap minivan where the most expensive thing on it is the really good tires. Yeah. And I then would. we hard mount gear to this rattle can minivan and we go shoot something, man. I just want to screw mounts to the exterior. Yes, we would and you hard just mount things. clip a camera in to the mount yes. that just exists at all times. We would spend a whole day building all that stuff and then we got to shoot would be like, let's clip into this guy and go. I like that. What else? Kazi Chav says, is there a point in the future where the Cayman mechanically or electrically becomes all-wheel drive? If that happens, would we rejoice or revolt? Definitely revolt. I, there's no need for it. I don't think there's a market for it. If people are looking for an all-wheel drive sports car, Porsche has one already. Yeah, on the 911. They yeah, make sure. all the variants of all-wheel drive. I think it's up to 25 or 26 now. With all the, <laughs> I admit there are it's so many versions of the 911. It's nuts. Yeah. Well, there's the Targa. There's the Targa 4. Stop. There's a Targa 4 GTS. You're just talking Targas now. You haven't even gone anywhere but Targa. Right. That's yeah. just that. Oh. And then, oh my gosh. Anyway, so yes, no, I, I would re- revolt because it, car manufacturers don't think of ways to ruin a car. At least I don't think they do. But <laughs> they also don't think of how can we pull more buyers in if we added that feature only if people ask for it. Good example is the Toyota Camry. Mm. For years, well, it was actually in 96. They did have all-wheel drive. They had an all-wheel drive one Then it went ago. away for yeah. a long time, yeah. but buyers were asking for it. Mm-hmm. So they let the market decide. Nobody's asking for an all-wheel drive Cayman. That's not what the car I is sure set out not. to do. And if they are asking, we hope they're on mute. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need Great. that car. Guys, we sure appreciate all your questions. Keep yeah. asking on social media. We ask for questions on Mondays and Thursdays for usual recording then, and we post on Tuesdays and Fridays. Keep asking your car debates and your topic Tuesdays and let us know your car conclusions that I think so many people want to know what did people end up buying? It's very cool to have those discussions for sure. And also do us a favor, watch our latest stuff on motor trend. Then it will come to Amazon. It also eventually comes to YouTube. We just dropped, dropped that million uh, dollar highway piece, which is great. But tomorrow I'm saying it again, nineties heroes and they're super cool. Yeah, it is guys. Thank you so much. Cheers everyone. <laughs>